Welcome to Potter Familius, coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. I'm Todd Sylvester. And I'm Stefan Sylvester. When we did the episode, the bonus episode on food, is that a bonus episode? I think so, yeah. Did we talk about, I don't remember, like spicy food? Do we like spicy food? Ooh, well, we talked about ethnic food. Like, what's the spiciest thing you've ever eaten? Ever? Yeah. Indian food from Yak. Did they use like ghost peppers? And what is that thing on YouTube where they do the pepper challenge? The ghost pepper challenge? Well, it used to be the ghost pepper challenge. Now it's called the hot pepper challenge because they use hotter and hotter peppers. And it's just celebrities, right? That they bring on Well, it started with people doing it because it was funny and just uploading the videos of people trying to eat the peppers Mm -hmm. and then not like puking. Right. And then celebrities got onto it mostly because of Rhett and Link doing it first. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because I, I remember one time somebody cooking this, I think it was a, a Thai dish, and they brought in, because they went outside with the, what is it, the hammer and pistol or whatever that thing is, and they're crushing. Uh, pestle? Pestle. They're crushing down these peppers, and they brought it into the kitchen. Now, this is up in the Northeast where the windows are open, the, and there was a screen door that they came through, so plenty of airflow, and I started coughing because they brought it into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, my eyes are watering. And I'm like, you're going to put that in the food? And they're like, well, it's not that much. And they, they put it in the dish, and I tried to eat some, some of it, and it did not fare well. Yeah, some people can just handle spicy foods better than others. Yeah. And I, it's, it's I started a little, sweating. It's wild. And- so I thought that I liked spicy food. I put a ton of sriracha on everything that I eat that has rice, uh, I really like Asian spices. I really, really like hot Thai food. And I'll order like five-star Thai food whenever I go out. But I hadn't tried Indian food. Super spicy. So when I went to get Indian food one time and we were bringing it home to eat with a couple friends of ours, I did order the same level of spiciness that I would order when I go to a Thai restaurant. And I shouldn't have done that <laughs> because what ended up happening Nepalese was, and this hot. is this is the other problem is that because we had friends and my buddy, uh, he had gotten the same level of spicy that I did. If he hadn't been there, I would have just been like, I give up, I give up, I give up, and like oh, gone. But and, it was the male challenge. But it was the male challenge because he was there, and I was like, I'm fine, I can do this, it's fine. So my lips started to burn, and I was like, Oh, this is really spicy. And the inside of my mouth started to burn, and then I started to sweat. And then my face turned red, and I was still trying to finish my meal. Wow. I was doing my best, and my buddy and I were looking at each other like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. That's fine. Can you feel your tongue? No. <laughs> and uh, we both had sweat through our clothes, and our wives were kind of doing this, like, oh, my God. And it sounds like an enjoyable meal. It was not. It was yeah. good company, but, man, that's fo- that food was spicy. 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 And I was feeling it for a couple days after that. Wow. It was bad. So if the YouTube channel decided to bring you on, how would you feel about that? For one of those pepper challenges, I would do horribly. It'd be fun to watch then. Oh my gosh, it'd be so fun to watch. You know how my reactions are. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm like the most easily startled person ever. My etymology is going to come out as we're punching up the main thing. Your etymology? Yep. You're going to be... Does that, does that mean like you're afraid of mummies? What is that? Oh, we've talked about this already. It's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a foot disease? No. 
It is not a foot disease. It just means I love the study of words. I love oh. their I love their origins. Oh yeah, and, we have talked about yes, this. And this Oh, I remember now. Remember I came out of the closet. Wow. And this one is just utterly blew me away. I'm sorry. That's okay. So there are some words that I'm I just can't believe it because so many people will use the word. And I have no idea what it means. And its definition has just kind of weirdly changed over the years yeah and it fascinates me because i i just want to i want to trace it i want to go all right well like where 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 did that change and today we're going to be talking about what we're passionate about so when you look at the word passionate and you get to the root passion that word actually comes from the latin meaning to suffer but when you go deeper in understanding where it came from that word was kind of invented because they had nothing strong enough to describe what Jesus went through. Really? That's the origin of the word. The word passion? Passion. Seriously. So when we talk about the passion of Christ. That's where the word came. Are you sure? I am positive because I, I had to dig deep. I have I have the books. I have the the big expensive books on etymology and yeah. and there's there's one book in particular for Latin that it cost me $125. I mean it's Wow, it's like buying a textbook. Yeah, well it was. It, it kind of is a textbook. And that's when you really find it'll send you into deeper the deep dive, you know, mm-hmm. going into the dark web yeah. or what, you know just the oh hidden information somewhere in there. And that's where they said this word originated because when they were talking about the word to suffer and and they're breaking it down because, you know, all words are different pieces. They they said it it came about because there was nothing strong enough to describe what Jesus went through. And that's where the word passion came from. So Mm -hmm. now it's 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 interesting to me that we talk about intimacy between you know husband and wife as beings being passionate. passionate but it's it's all about understanding that that's something that we are willing to suffer for mm. that's when we're passionate about something that's definitely not the modern understanding of it no not at all but it but it is let's just use the modern definition when you're passionate about something you, you feel strongly about it. it it is something that kind of drives you and yeah and you'll climb mountains for this and, and go the extra mile. And okay. So so then what like what, what kind of definition are you talking about here? What's something that you're passionate about in that way? Something that, that I'm passionate about would, of course, be my faith life. Yeah. Because that is, you know, I think about also the word martyr, which means to witness. And when you're witnessing something— that means all the way to the point where you would be willing to give up your life. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for me to say, I'm passionate about mom. Yeah. I'm passionate about each and every one of you. I'm passionate about your children, my grandchildren. I mean, Thank I, you. I'm, I, I easily would be able to lay down my life. You know, today they were over and mom being a nurse, she broke out all of, all of her stethoscopes. Yeah. And they're playing with them. And Eli comes up to me and he goes, ah, you're my next patient. Because I was laying down holding Samuel, <laughs> holding him upside down and yeah. playing with him. And he loves that and he's laughing and everything. And, 
and he puts the stethoscope on my chest and he says, ooh, your heart is bad. <laughs> it, it must be replaced. <laughs> it must be replaced. Oh, no. So immediately my thought was, I know they wouldn't allow me to do this because ethically you can't do this. Mm-hmm. But if anyone in our family needed my heart, I would want to be able to give it to them. Knowing that if that means I'm going to be, that's the end of me. Right. You know, because did you ever, did you ever hear that story? And I don't know if it was fictitious. I think it was fictitious, but I've heard the story. Okay. So, so you have the two brothers Mm -hmm. and one has the blood disease or something. So he just needs a transfusion. Yeah. And they go to the younger brother. Will you give a transfusion for your older brother? Of your blood. Of your blood. And he kind of paused and they thought that he was pausing because he was thinking, oh, I don't like needles and, I, you know, this is going to be painful and mm-hmm. what have you. And he, he finally goes, OK. And then they go to the hospital and they set it everything up and they're putting the blood in and then they give the plasma and everything. And then after it starts, he turns to the doctor and he says, well, how long do I have? Because he thought he was giving all of his blood to his brother and, and then, then he, he was going to die. die. Yeah. Right. But to me, that's what we're passionate about. Like we're willing to lay down our lives for whatever it is, a a truth, someone you love, something. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's my faith because it's the one thing that no one can take from me. Right. I mean, in fact, I would say it's the only thing that no one can take from from me. Like they sadly can take mom. Like if someone came in with a whole bunch of machine guns, and, and, you know, a hundred soldiers came to our house and they tied everybody up. They can, they can kill mom. I don't want them to, but they can do that. I, if they've got me secured and I can't stop them, then they can take her. They can and, do whatever they want. And they yeah. can take all of you. And they can take easily all my possessions. There's not a lot of them. So you can, <laughs> you can take them. So right. there, there's nothing in my life that I, that I have utter control of because they can even take my own life. They can they can just shoot me and then I'm I'm dead. I can't say stop. You know, I don't have the control over that. But they cannot forcibly take my faith. It right. is utterly mine. Uh, it's I'm fully 100% possessed by me. Mm. And it is my most valuable, quote unquote, possession. Yeah. It's it's that, that that is the greatest thing that I have because it's also utterly eternal. Everything else that I have in my life is temporal. I mean, I'm hoping to have a special relationship with mom in heaven. I hope to have a special relationship with each and one of you in heaven. But my relationship with God, all that's going to do is get accentuated. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not really, in essence, going to change. It's just going to be embellished. It's just going to get better. And that's the one thing that I'm passionate about. That's why... My whole life, you know, I've wanted to be in ministry. I've wanted to share this truth, this reality with with everybody else. Because when I was in sales, there were certain things that I loved selling because they were good. Yeah. There was stuff that I liked. There were, like, there was a cell phone service that I sold because I thought it was super cool. It was really neat. Uh, I liked selling Honda cars because I'm like, man, these Hondas are, are great. And they'll last forever. Yeah, there were other parts of our dealership that I didn't want to sell those types of cars because they were okay. And maybe they were, I guess, an already bargain. But for me, it wasn't like I was passionate about it because I, I, I didn't want those cars, but I wanted a Honda Accord at that time, the EX baby with the spoiler and the whole thing. And that's what we got. It was great. So 
in sales, there, there's certain things that I like to sell, but even then there's only a certain market because you still have to have the money. You have to have the money for it. But with faith, all you have to do is surrender. All you have to do is surrender to the truth. Mm-hmm. And then it's yours. And everything that I have, everyone else can have. No matter what demographic they're in, no matter what education level, no matter how old they are, no matter where they're from, no matter where they're going, it doesn't matter. Right. Everybody can have the same thing. And it's something so awesome that I want everyone to have it. So that's what I'm passionate about. Right on. Well, the things I was thinking of that I'm passionate <laughs> about are really dumb in comparison. So you should have gone first. Thanks a lot. I really should have gone first. I'm Golly. Sorry. It's like I'm sorry, I'm everything sorry. I say I'm is going to sound so superficial. Like, I really like Chick-fil-A. I just love their chicken sandwiches. I'm really passionate about it. Thanks, the waffle Dad. fries are awesome. They really are. It I, just means a lot to me. It's a mystery to me on Jeez. how they make it. All right. I'm sorry. It's like, wow. I'm sorry. Stefan's way more superficial than Todd. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm listening sorry. to this podcast anymore. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I will say this, though. We've already talked about how we knew our wives for the one on another podcast. But if I had to name one temporal thing in this world that I'm really passionate about, it is my wife, and not in a mushy way. Yeah. Check this out. I have, because we talked about this a little bit, how our story is a little unusual where most people don't meet their soulmate and immediately know that they've met their soulmate. Right. That's very strange. But the way that our relationship has gone feels kind of like a fairy tale in that mm-hmm. way because it was so powerful not just the attraction, but the knowledge of like, ooh, like this This is a person that feels like was meant for me. Wow. And we both felt that way when we first met. That's cool. And I think we both were kind of like, well, the, the difference in reaction was we felt it. And she, I was like, better stuff that down in there so that doesn't get in the way of the girl I'm dating currently. <laughs> and... And she Whoops. and she was like feeling it, and she was like, "Better stuff that down. That'll never happen." You know, wow. That was her reaction, and then eventually, you know, we we became friends. And after I was free and clear, wasn't dating anybody anymore. We eventually started dating. And what does it mean when you say that you're passionate about your wife? Well, what I'm passionate about is not just her as a spouse like in the way that spouses are together like obviously i'm very attracted to my wife i think she's absolutely gorgeous and i think she gets annoyed by how attracted to her i am so thanks a lot for that too by welcome the way. I'm, I'm gonna take that thanks a lot you are um, welcome because you know you know how many times a week she's like get away todd <laughs> okay that's actually sounds a little creepy but no anyway. it's not it's not creepy it's because she sees how you treat mom right and she thinks it's beautiful and so she's kidding around with me because i do the same things and she's like you're you're a lot like your dad and she likes that but i'm gonna say you should be like as your kids oh i would much rather be this way when eventually your kids are older if they don't say geez mom dad get a room then i'm thinking something's wrong well they're definitely going to be saying that yes but good so there's that aspect and i obviously am very passionate about my wife in that way but I was thinking about this the other day because obviously we practice NFP. We, to the best of our ability, follow the teachings of the church when it comes to... If you Catholic. don't know what that is, by the way, that's natural family planning. You can Google it and check it out. Yeah. So it's the Catholic Church's sexual ethic for married couples. And what we do means that there are long periods of time where we can't 
be intimate with one another. Right. And we, um, you know, figure that out as best we can. And it's very difficult from month to month. Mm-hmm. But what I've realized through the experience of the years of doing this is that I actually crave companionship with my wife even more than intimacy with her in that wow. way. Yeah. And it's really wonderful to realize because it's like I would be content just being able to live with her forever even if we were never able to share a bed. Right. You know? It's like I really just want the companionship of being with her because she's my person. Right. You know? I do. I do. And it's beyond something that I can explain. It's like something within me just... It's it's like it clicked when we when we got married. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Did and you ever see the movie The Martian? Yeah, with uh, Matt his, Damon. Matt Damon. When Mom and I were watching that film, at one point in time, he was in, just inside the pod before he had, uh, I guess, done the thing where he's growing the potatoes and stuff like that. But he was just inside the pod, and it was fairly small. And I'm watching the film, and Mom had to get up, use the restroom, so I paused it, and she comes back and she goes. I would love that. She's like, what? What are you talking about? The guy's on Mars by himself. And I'm like, no, no. I would love that with just you. Like just you and I on Mars in that little spot. With no food? No, there there was enough food. And you know, if wherever mom is, there's going to be food. I mean, she's going to figure it out. Yeah. And she would be cooking. She wouldn't just be microwaving a couple potatoes like he was. You know, we'd, we'd make it happen. But it was the whole point of just being in that small space, just the two of us. Yeah. Like, and just having all of that time together. Like, mom loves to play Scrabble. And I like to play with her. I don't love it as much as she does. But I like to play with her when we're not distracted by a hundred other things. Because then she's like, okay, it's your move. It's your move. It's your move. It's It's like, ah, I'm in the middle of so much. I almost beat her in the the Scrabble app. I was within 10 points of beating her. Which, that's miraculous. That's that's incredible because she's really good at it. She is. I was very intimidated. But I thought to myself, man, if we had all the extra time, then we could really play. And we could really, you know, just, just to be with her, like, I love shopping with mom and I don't really like shopping. That's funny to hear you say yeah, that. Yeah, just just to be able to go and walk the aisles and hang out and Yeah. And we have already talked about that the beach is not my favorite place, but I really enjoy it when I'm with her because then I can go walking and I can hold her hand. Yeah. It's really nice. Afton and I fantasize all the time about being able to when we're retired or you know, when we have more time just in general to be able to read because we both love to read. And we don't have a lot of time to do it at the moment. Right. So it's like, I've given up. I don't even go to the library anymore because I'm like, ah, I'll start this book and then get busy and then I'll have to return it. Mom and I both now we've done the entire Bible reading to each other. But before that, we did the entire Tarzan series. I remember. And it's, there's like 26 novels. Yeah. I did not realize that there was that much literature. Neither did I. And it, you know, some of them are difficult, like the names are, are ridiculous in, in some of those novels, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I knew I was going to continue as long as Tarzan maintained his his moral ethos. Yeah. Because he was one solid character, and I loved that about him. He loved his wife, Jane. He was always faithful to her, even though many times women were just throwing themselves at him 
when he was alone with them in the jungle for crying out loud, you know. So, but he was always rock solid, and I loved that about him. Didn't he kill people though? They were all bad. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm just I'm just mentioning this because this is a casual detail that you threw out when you guys were reading the books. So, he's such a great character. He's really faithful, and in this book, this is where he kills two guys. <laughs> With his bare hands. Yeah. And we were like, oh, wow. Wait, what? He what? He, he does what now? I'm sorry. Wait. Well, you were just saying that. Oh, okay. All right. You know, whatever. Whoops a daisy. Yeah. Do you have a cool thing? Uh, I can think of one. Can you come up with one? I'll yeah. go first. One cool thing. One cool thing. One cool thing. One of our listeners recommended that when we're doing the cool thing, we should actually keep track of the score when you as the listeners will vote on who has the coolest thing. We should. We should go back and see. And then it'll be something where whoever wins like the other guy has to like wash his car or something cool like that <laughs> we have to film it or something i don't know that we could do that Ugh. I, I got a new video camera for the oh yeah yeah for the for the other vlog that we totally doing. could yeah so that'll that that can be happening a lot of people think that oh all diesel vehicles are putting out serious emissions and they're destroying the earth mm-hmm. and there are some older diesel vehicles that really kind of are pouring it out because diesel fuel is a heavier fuel. If you don't know the difference between an, an internal combustion engine and a thermal combustion engine where they, you know, a thermal combustion engine doesn't have spark plugs. They, they have heat plugs in there to kind of warm the air initially when you're just starting the vehicle, but then they, they don't have anything to do with the process of burning the fuel in the engine. And since it's a heavier fuel and it runs at a much lower temperature, it does kind of smoke when when it's coming out. Okay. Right? So, but in modern uh, devices, there are two things that have been added to almost, I think, all diesel engines. And I forget when they started, but um, one is what is called an afterburner. Okay. Where there is this ceramic. I think I've heard of this filter. Before. Yeah, it heats up. And it takes care of burning off whatever carbons were not burned in the initial process in the engine, in the thermal combustion. And then there's, after that process, there's an additive called uh, DEF, diesel exhaust fluid. And if you ever look at a big diesel engine, they'll have like two what look like gas caps. One is for the diesel fuel and one is for the DEF because that is being added to the exhaust and it neutralizes a lot of the carbon monoxide. And, and what you're then putting out basically is nitrogen and steam. Mm-hmm. So it almost eliminates the, the carbon output in a diesel engine. Oh, wow. And I remember talking to a friend of mine because I my dream truck is to get this big old diesel truck. And he goes, Todd, I thought you cared about the environment. And I said, well, it's got an afterburner on it, and it, it'll be putting the DEF fluid in there. So, And he goes, what? 
So we looked it up online, and a gasoline engine actually has more emissions than this modern diesel engine. Really? Yes. Seriously? Yeah. How cool is that? That is really cool. So with, and, and it even is getting better and better to the point where they want to get it to where even when you're burning diesel fuel in these engines, the emissions is zero impact on the environment. They want to get it down to zero. That's cool. Yeah. And they think they can get there with diesel? Yep. Wow. Super cool. See, that might even be better than electric. I don't know if it's better than, than electric because it just depends on where the electricity is coming from. Mm. Because for me, my super dream is, you know, because we talked about in the bonus episodes about our dream homes and stuff like that. But one aspect of it is I want to be completely off grid. So that means all of my power is solar. Right. And if that's the case, then you really do have a zero footprint. Mm-hmm. And if your car can also have a zero footprint. That's what as I'm well. talking about. So if the car is right. being powered by solar, now if it's being powered somewhere where it's a coal uh, power plant, well, then yeah, you have to take that into account that that electricity has the connection of... That's what I mean. Like electric is not as clean as everybody thinks it is, but it can be. Right. And I I think nuclear power, and I know people have issues with what do you do with the used uranium. Uh, And and I I don't know the answer to that. I I don't know. But I do know that as long as you don't have a meltdown, as long as you don't have a Chernobyl or something like that, or Three Mile Island, then you've got some pretty clean fuel. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible, and and you were just we don't have the output yet with solar or with wind power or with hydroelectric. They, we just don't have the capability yet to put out as much power as we need. Mm-hmm. So that's why we are still using coal and we're using a lot of natural gas. And yeah, I mean, we're moving in those directions, moving in those directions. I, I think eventually it's going to get to that point because yeah, we're going to run out right. of the fossil fuels, or, yeah. or they'll just get too expensive. Mm-hmm. It depends on what happens with the population, too. Yep. How much do you know about 5G research and development? Oh, some people talk about how bad it is. They're like, oh, it's going to give you brain tumors or well, COVID. Well, so I have heard that as well. But you have a Wi-Fi router in here, right? Yeah. So that's putting out a 5G signal. And every router that you've ever used in the past decade has been putting out a 5G signal that's just as strong as what would be coming from a 5G cell tower, just FYI. So now I have a brain tumor. Do you have a brain tumor? And I don't know, maybe. Probably not. Okay. My point is that 5G is very safe, and that's just the big conspiracy theory because they took some pictures of a guy wearing a hazmat suit going up to work on it. He was wearing the hazmat suit, or what looked like a hazmat suit, to protect himself from the electricity, not from the 5G signal. But people took that and ran with it, and they're like, oh, it's a conspiracy. It's just like chemtrails. So, which is a real thing I saw someone say on Facebook, but 5G research and development, you know why uh, the technology, or uh, maybe I should ask this, do you know how fast it's going to be? No. So, ideally, if they can make it wide ranging, and they're working on this right now because it's such a short distance where it actually works because you have to be line of sight from one of the receivers. And it's not like LTE. No, it's not like LTE because it's such a short wavelength that it doesn't go through walls very well. Mm -hmm. But if you're line of sight, and if you're just a few hundred feet away from one of the towers, you get fiber speeds. Really? Fiber speeds on a phone. On a phone. Whoa. And they've done all the testing. There's been some independent YouTubers who have gone out and tested it in places where you can actually get 5G signal with a 5G uh, capable device. Right. 
And this particular guy who I was watching his video about it, he said that the reason why they're investing so much time in making the technology work for average consumers is because of the changes in fan experience that it's going to provide. So if they have 5G inside of a stadium where everyone has a line of sight, they can do crazy stuff that you can see on your phone in real time. Wow. And That's cool. they, they, they gave a couple of examples where it was like seeing shots from anywhere and you can back up and rewind and see anything from any angle and being able to do all of the stuff that you could imagine with your phone very, very quickly that you normally think the would. refs are going to like that though. No, they're not going to, but that's only scratching the surface of what they're going to be able to do. Because if you can imagine getting fiber speeds on your phone while you're at a concert or while you're watching a, a sports thing, a sports thing, um, there's a lot of stuff that 5G is going to be able to to make us do that will just make all the current technology that we have seem very obsolete. Wow. All right. That sounds cool. So vote, and then whoever wins, the other person has to... I'll do push-ups or something. You're not going to clean my truck? You don't want me to do push-ups? I'll clean my car. You know what? Yes. <laughs> because I've ridden in your van. Yes. <laughs> Either way, it doesn't matter how you vote, actually. All that matters oh, is no, that no, 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 no. If I win, then I'm not doing it. If you win, then what? Then what's going to happen? You don't have to clean your van? Yeah. So it's that's that's the only thing that's going on. I'll just continue on. to live my life. Then please let me win. <laughs> Diesel exhaust fluid. My Check van, it out. My van is pretty Read gross. the Wikipedia page. It's awesome. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Do all the things, y'all. Share with your friends. Subscribe. Like, share, and subscribe. Like, hit the bell for notifications. We appreciate y'all listening. And prayerfully consider becoming a patron. Link is in the description. $5 a month. Right now, it's like, two extra episodes but it'll go back to four after we get caught up from as soon as we get back on schedule yeah yeah exactly thanks so much for listening to potter familias we appreciate y'all